Hello, I'm Nathaniel, and welcome to the Descent into Illumination. And as always, welcome to the Descent into Illumination. I am your faithful host, Nathaniel, and I am joined once again by the wonderful Crystal and my pet rock. Welcome, Crystal, <laughs> and your pet rock. Um, so, little little apologies on last week's episode. We I have no idea why, but the and about the about the last three fourths of the audio recording got uh, somehow corrupted or jumbled or somehow, and it was basically garbage. <laughs> yeah. So we weren't yeah, able to. Terrible. Um, <laughs> continue it um but we were able to post at least half the episode and it's full unadulterated glory so we're today's going to be kind of a recap of what we weren't able to get out there but at the same time it's own little unique spin yeah so um just so you guys know i don't i don't believe everything happens for a reason uh but i do believe in some interesting coincidences and i was telling nathaniel um that it's interesting how the first episode was about the decline and then what we were able to save um, was about the process in the middle right after bottom and then you know kind of what was going on in that middle period and it literally cut right as I was saying that I was rediscovering myself and I had said that exact sentence and then it just it cut right after that so I feel like this episode uh it's interesting how now this episode is going to be the self-transformation, the self-discovery and all that. Um, so that's going to be the main focus to today. Or it's just going to be a whole lot of hot, whatever, hot gas that we just come up yeah. with on the spot. So <laughs> I'm kind of upset we lost some good content. We did lose some good content, unfortunately, but we can always make up for it yeah. with, new, with new information I'm here. I'm sure we will. And we'll, we'll find a ways to work around this uh uh, liminal matrix that we like to create on this podcast. And Nathaniel's been already uh, with his shenanigans today, so. Yes, we'll as always. <laughs> it's been a wonderful morning so far. On uh, we do, we recently just went through Independence Day. Whether your feelings on that holiday, wherever they are, we wish everyone a safe uh, and hopefully everyone had a safe um, holiday and everyone's doing well. Yes, definitely. Um, I have a weird random trend on this podcast of like wishing people happy holidays on random holidays. I think that's okay. So I want to continue that trend. Like my first one, because I accidentally had an re- episode release on Halloween. So I'm like, oh. everyone have a healthy, healthy Halloween. Halloween's Go awesome. haunt some shit. Um, I love fireworks on the 4th of July. It's just scary here with all the dry brush. Yeah. No, I mean, that's how we, we get fires. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Superstition Mountains right now are, were on fire for like two weeks. Yeah. Because someone, uh, you know, uh, lit a fire in and then half the mountain burned down. But I did like watching the professional ones. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, did you have a good, did you have good, uh, for the joint? Yeah, I um, spent it with my, one of my close girlfriend's family. I got to try fam, home-cooked soul food. Um, not anything from a restaurant. It was delicious. And then we spent time in her mother's garden and around animals and her neighbor's animals and horses and my friend gathered so many clippings from her mom's garden Shot green onions rosemary mint and she grabbed some cuttings for me and a wandering jew oh wonderful yeah. wonderful that's <laughs> uh, one of my favorite plants wandering jew right there i can't imagine why but i do enjoy it quite a bit um oh i'm happy you had what? a healthy safe uh fourth of july no better way to spend it than with family and friends so what did you do um i just was uh, no. watching dogs 
Really? I um, uh, I started the day. What did I do at the beginning of the day? I did something else. I had. Uh, I don't. I was able to spend with my dad. We had lunch and we smoked a cigar. Um, and it was the first time he was over here, and it's actually really funny. Um, because growing up, um, with my dad at least, we didn't have any pets. Um, and to see him interact with my dog is the most adorable thing. Aww. Because he just treats him like a big fur baby, which yeah. my dog is, is a oh, big yeah. fur baby. I walked is, in and I was like, hey, baby. Yeah, he, and he, like, I, I know for anyone who has a med toast, um, it fails to understand how much of a just a playful cuddler. That is, oh, yeah. that is toast. That is all he does. He doesn't bark. He doesn't, he's not, he has shown no signs of aggression ever. Um, and he's just, all he wants is love and cuddles. Like, he's just a big cuddle baby. So he's cuddling up against my dad, who's this, you know, for like, better or worse, he's just a really stoic person. And, uh, yeah, you know, and so to see my dad have uh, that, uh, just, like, interaction of just, you know, he's like, your feet are so big. And I'm just like, this is, this is so worth <laughs> he it. He does have big paws. Oh, he does have big paws. Yeah, you know what they say about a dog with big paws? It steps on your nuts at 3 a.m. in the morning and wakes you up. <laughs> That sucks. Oh I don't have God. that problem. I, I do. I do have that problem. It's a good problem to have, though. Um, then I had a cigar with him. Then I was able to just hang out with Skylar for a little bit, um, which is a good friend of mine, um, before he had to go to work. And then I just watched my mom's dog for a little bit. And so I was able to make sure that the dogs were okay, you know, because Fourth of July can be a little intimidating for dogs sometimes it with the loud noises. definitely can. So I was able to, you know, make sure my responsibilities were my kept while um, enjoying the company of different um, fur animals. animals. Um, how did Toast handle it? But fine to my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I, like I came that. home a little way because I knew Fred struggles with this, because, um, which is my mom's dog, who uh -huh. has, has some social anxiety yeah. issues for sure. Yeah. He's a big ball of, of anxiety. Um, that's just Fred. That's, yeah. That's that's who he is as a dog person. Um, and um, so I was able to spend time with him through the brunt of it. But to when I came home with Toast, Toast was just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It, wasn't, it wasn't seem like good. any issues. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't like get weirded out by anything. You know, he'll like. Every, like we'll be walking him, and like a dog's a barking, he just keeps walking. He's like, I don't care about you guys. Yeah, he's just like, I'm Fuck in my own world. I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to catch this moth. That is my priority right now. <laughs> F this moth. moth. Yeah. Oh, real quick before we continue, I um, want to do a, a little shameless self plug. Um, uh, I'm actually bringing back my first podcast, um, How Stuff Works. Probably. I listened to uh, Witches Are Bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I enjoyed yeah. it. But I was at work, so I had to have it down. Yeah, it is not a. You think this um, podcast isn't as explicitive? That one is really explicit. Oh no, yeah. Um, but basically, what happened is me. Um, it's me and a few friends. It was the first podcast we did, and uh, we basically found out that we did 15 episodes, and the first ones are crap. Like we had no idea. We're trying to figure out how to record. It's just it's raw. Now I want to go and, back and listen to those. And then it, it evolves into like an actual like professional quality podcast yeah. by the by the end of it, fifteen episodes. And basically, I went and just relogged into our old thing to see how many downloads it had, and like thirty thousand downloads off of fifteen episodes. So it's like an average of like you know two thousand listeners. So um, we decided to bring it back. So if you want to go ahead, we um, will look up how stuff works. Probably. Um, it is totally a rip off of how stuff works, but it is its own unique little endeavor at the same is. time. Um, it's not anything close to anything from that that network um, by any means, but which I believe is now owned by iHeartRadio. Um, it's its own unique thing for sure, yeah. and it's a lot of fun. Um, so go ahead and give that a listen if you're interested in. I did shamelessly self plug on this podcast on that one because why not? It's yours exactly, and it's my expression. Yes, damn um, it. So, yeah, it was a good time. So, well, I think guys, that was enough. Of, that's the longest introduction we've done on this episode, uh, this podcast so far. So, 
Um, we'll go Happy. ahead and dive right dive right in. Oh God, I don't know where to start now. I know there is. Well, okay, so we're basically, if I remember correctly, where it roughly let off. We're starting to talk about you figuring out who you are. So let's go back to that mental place um, of uh, you were honestly fresh out of jail. Yeah. You're like, I've just, I finally gone to therapy yeah. or, you know, he had to wait that time period or anything like that. Let's just figure out where you're at, where are you doing? Okay. So I remember now we talked about December and how it was kind of an emotional blur and I went and got medication and all of that. So actually the exact point I was at was my mom came to visit me Yes. and that was a huge help. And I told you guys that she wasn't much of a cleaner and she cleaned, mm-hmm. she cleaned out my fridge and all that. So that's the point I was at. Um, I was still slightly unstable, and that's something I guess I didn't really say those exact words. Is real quick, do we want to, um, in case people haven't don't remember, uh, what are the actual diagnoses that you're coming to terms with and accepting? Um, bipolar uh, disorder type two, um, and then PTSD, which we talked about lightly, and I think it got cut off in the last uh, episode. But and um, I was dealing with this overload of stuff, and part of it was. Um, trying to help my dad through his trauma and his healing process, which he's still going through. And I'm so incredibly proud of him because he still goes to therapy once a week. And that's a really uh, well, just, good point. It is a good point. <laughs> yeah. But it's really worth right. saying that that can be a huge trigger for someone who is who picks up on other people's energies that's... a lot and will lead you to your breaking point. If you don't have that healthy boundaries, you're just taking on someone else's shit and shit more and more yeah. and more. And eventually... You don't leave room for yourself. Yeah, and during that time, he was apologizing to me for not understanding me when I was a teenager. And he actually... Does was, anyone understand teenagers? No, probably not. I hope to. Uh, I don't know if, if I have kids, but... And I'm sure they'll They're be... little like, adults. Yeah, oh God. Um, but he actually was diagnosed with bipolar type 2 as well. So as my therapist talks about, it is a medical disorder and it is hereditary. Um, and speaking of if, you know, I have children or not, that's something I have to take in account that that is something that can be passed down. Um, but so. So they can have your sparkling blue eyes and your wonderful uh, mental disorders. Yes, yes. It's like charisma come with those. Um, Pearly whites. Yeah. Oh, yes, everybody. I have braces and they come off in a week and I am so incredibly excited to see what my smile is going to look like because it is significantly different for those of you who know me than what they used to look like. Something tells me that they are going to include teeth. Maybe not. They might fall off while they're trying to take the brackets off. That wouldn't be nice. That's a little rough. I know. Um, So back... (laughs) <laughs> shenanigans. Always. It's all going to be shenanigans. Um, so going back to that, he was talking to me about that, and I appreciated all those conversations, but it was really triggering, and I didn't know how to communicate that. Um, well, I mean, you literally never had communicated something like that no. to this point, too, which is a really important distinction. Like, you actually have to learn how to... Because you're in your um, mid-20s, mid-late-20s now at this point, yeah. and you're learning for the first time how to communicate these needs yeah that is a huge um that's not easy yeah it's it's uncomfortable you're going against all of your previous life condition behaviors yeah and at this point i didn't know how to set boundaries so it wasn't him pushing them on me it was because i was genuinely trying to help and i didn't realize i knew the trauma was coming up but i didn't realize how i needed to put boundaries in in that point yes um so that with that brought up 
um, PTSD. I've probably had PTSD most. You know, this is interesting. Um, it's kind of a side ramble. Through high school, even with you know all my emotions and everything, I never got memory stuck where they replay, replay, and they start to affect me. Even in my early 20s, um, it wasn't until the last three years that I started to get these. And I always remembered the memories. It wasn't that they were hidden away. They just didn't affect me as much as like a PTSD episode would. And I started to get these uh, memories and they basically would replay, replay, and they would stress me out. And, you know, they started to come on more. So that's happening. I'm in this bad relationship that is failing and going down deep and quick um and you know even this stuff is affecting it too on top of the problems we already had and that just you know led to the breaking point well and out of all this muck uh-huh. the lotus blooms yes absolutely thank you for that mm-hmm. um so you know we kind of went over the arrest and everything um when i did get diagnosed we're, I did intake at therapy and for everyone who hasn't gone through therapy, it's you spend the entire session going through your life, your traumas, um, just your whole history of everything. And I told her that I had been previously diagnosed and she's like, yeah, like I can tell from everything you've said. And then at the end she also goes, uh, and you're showing clear signs of PTSD. And like, I was crying and she like looked at me and I guess it was the way I looked. I don't know. And she goes, I feel like you know that. And I said, yeah, I've always assumed. But, you know, a lot of people say if you're not in the military, you haven't seen war, you weren't, you know, severely beat or you weren't raped or something that, you know, they say, oh, everybody has PTSD and they kind of mock it. But I've seen some shit. And just because I don't talk about it or I'm a high functioning, anxious and depressive person. So like on the outside, a lot of people don't even know that I have these issues. Um, there's a Kid Cudi song that relates to me that says that. Well, um, he went to treatment. Very, very yeah. publicized. He went to treatment. And that's why I feel, uh, I like his music because of that. Yeah. Um, so that was how I finally came to terms with it. And whoever, you know, wants to mock it, fuck off. <laughs> we can have it without going through the traumas that people think you need to go through to have it. Okay, so we've kind of caught up now to where we were. Let's talk about what were some of your first foundation tools into your recovery. Um, One, I know I touched on the sensory deprivation flow, and that was my first time, like, not connecting with myself, but not being in that negative mindset. I really thought I was going to get lost in my mind, and I didn't. Stayed positive. It was just like, what are you going to do next? And that's when I first started to kind of think about it. And actually, I hadn't slept well in months literally months and that was the first time I got like a solid eight hours and I knocked out and didn't wake up in the middle of the night didn't have weird dreams I will always remember that oh and you know a good sleep is really helpful yes maintaining um a mental state homeostasis yeah you know that can't be discredited to you know you know where the brain needs rest there were some points especially between the rest and my what I would call my actual bottom my rock bottom um I would get one to three hours of sleep. Which just isn't enough. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it's not. But it's I not. was that worked up, that upset. You can be functioning, but it's not enough for you to have it your, wasn't a good your brain chemistry. It's just, it changes. Yeah. And work picks up around that time. So that was just the mess too. Um, so 
I also was still on, you know, I just gotten on medication and my mom came to visit me and actually she went to the, it just, it wound up being a coincidence that I had my psychiatrist appointment, my first one. And, uh, because just so to backtrack, I went to an actual physician's office to get the medication, uh, previously, but because of the bipolar, you need more than one medication to stabilize your mood. And I am, I hate it, uh, and I'll explain why I hate it. Uh, I don't know if I should say hate it. I'm on three different medications for the bipolar. Mm -hmm. And every time one was added, I'd cry, I'd break down. I, you know, you can't help but feel like broken. Well, because it is, uh, it's a hard thing to accept. Mm -hmm. The fact that your brain is not normal. Yeah. It what quote unquote, whatever the socially accepted um, construct of a normal brain is at least um, and it is painful to realize that your brain chemistry is not functioning at that level yeah and that's what we, the realization of what medication actually is in theory supposed to do and what oftentimes does for a lot of people yeah is just get your brain chemistry to a functioning level in that things and that's why um, what you know with bipolar depression or schizophrenia it's too much or too little of uh, activity and chemicals being released in your brain yeah. And with your, uh, I'll let you speak to it, but with your um, type two um, bipolar, it's uh, your as you've said repeatedly, your 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 highs are relatively normal, but your lows are really low. Yeah. So it's to mitigate and to allow you to still experience lows, but without you know hitting your head at the bottom of the pool. Yeah. And um, the one thing that I did talk to my psychiatrist about after I got the third medication, and they are working. Um, I feel. It was in May. Well, that's the thing that's funny, right? Yeah. You, you, it sucks in the moment where you're like, crap, I have to do this. Yeah. But then once you get on, you're like, how did I go without it? Yeah, honestly. Um, and I'm stable. Like, yeah. I didn't feel stable for the longest time. Um, I literally, when I got out of jail, I was like, I'm unstable. Like, I knew it. And, and this is uh, a big point I want to emphasize here, too, is that people are like, oh, you can't be the authentic you when you're on medication, where I'm like... No. The authentic me then is is this mess that hates himself and yeah. it is, you know, I wouldn't say um, borderline suicidal, but someone who just doesn't want to exist. I do. You, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So if um, my normal functioning baseline is that askew, is that the reality I want to exist in? No. No, no it's, it's not. not. And that's for me too. Um and I mean, I still struggle. Uh, just two weeks ago, I had a day that I was just like, I don't want to exist. Like, I just it don't want to be here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it didn't make me sink down and cry in bed. I cried it out a little bit and I was kind of like, bitch, pick it up. <laughs> and I'm able to have those more clarity moments. Well, you're able to have a second thought. Yes. Your first thought is out of your control, but your second thought is like, well, this is where I'm at. Yeah. What do I do now? Your, um, your reaction, if you will. Yeah. So, and with that, um, that you thought, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm becoming more stable and I asked my psychiatrist, am I going to be on these medications my whole life? And he actually said that, no, he doesn't think I'm going to need it. Mm -hmm. And that's because I've had my dips that are kind that are bad, but these hitting your head on the bottom of the pool have been triggered. The pattern is triggered by situations. A lot of it's external, yes. which is a very important thing to recognize with your specific medical diagnosis yeah. is these are um, external triggers for the most part. Yeah. Um, so 
with that, you know, I'll stay on medication probably for a few years. And that's just estimated. We're not putting an actual timeline. And it's a really important thing to say that um, that is a big misconception with a lot of treatment is that people think a lot of times they're on these drugs for the rest of their life. A lot of times these treatment programs for medication are temporary. Yeah. It's, it isn't for the rest of your life. It's to get you through to a, a place where you're able to have the coping mechanisms and the tool and your brain chemistry to kind of work itself out a little bit to where you find that homeostasis. And that's what I was going to touch on next is that um, once I learn, you know, how to set boundaries and coping mechanisms and how to, you know, react to things better, um, part of my therapy is a dialectal behavior therapy and it talks about emotional regulation. Yes. And distress tolerances. So, Which you know, isn't something that's actively taught in our society. It it's not like, hey, let's deal with emotional regulations. Yeah. How do you experience to be sad? How do you experience being happy? Yeah. We, I think we really need to work on those things in our society. But that's a different topic for a different episode, in my personal opinion. <laughs> um, so, you know, one day I'll be off. And I'm not even trying to count down to that right now. But I do want to, you know, I made a post on... Um, Instagram about this you guys if medication scares you which I get it because I went through that you know you might want to try it it takes time to kick in that's the one thing a lot usually of people usually about give up. two weeks to a couple months yeah it's the usual trial it's not an overnight fix my mood stabilizer took like six weeks which is also a huge difference between professional medication prescribed and self-medication yes definitely self medication with because uh, I was someone who experimented very heavily with self-medication yeah me lately um, no, well yeah I mean everyone does at some point to an extent so you ever go through the stereotype is you go through a breakup and you like hit the booze um, I did that actually to help me try to go to sleep, it's and then with my anxiety yeah, medicine, yeah, it, total. And those are little, um, those are light band-aids that can turn into um, infected wounds. Yes. Um, yeah. So that I is, like that. It's, it's that like it can't work. It's a, it's a risky business when you start playing the game of self-medication. Um, but that and that is the difference where if you're on prescribed um, and you're working a treatment program. Um, because people are like, oh, I'm already medicating. I'm, I, mean, I have my own little regimen and everything like that. Well, there's a difference between doing it yourself um, and with professional licensed yeah, help. Definitely. Um, and then every time, and I'll, I'll completely admit this, every time something was increased, I had a flux week. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, your body has to readjust. Work, yeah. that was when I struggled. And I, once again, I my boss and my HR do not understand it. And I do have an FMLA, but still, you know. Um, but anyways, and then, so that's where I'm at with medication. And as I was saying, you guys, try it. Um, you won't have to be on it for the rest of your life. That's pretty much it. So don't lose all hope that, like I was thinking, like I'm broken and this is my life now. Um, the recovery. Well, you're not, I, I really want to um, challenge that narrative. Um, and say that no one's no one's broken unless you actually break a bone. Yeah, right. You're not, you're, not a, you're not a broken human. That's not that's not the narrative we want to uh, describe. Yeah. Um, it's that you're someone who has unique challenges and at main at function. And that's what I had to get over is that thought of I'm broken and actually you're still a human. You're still complete. Yeah, I should have brought my DBT workbook. I do have an, even a workbook to help me through things. And a shadow work notebook, which is like my self-realization notebook. And it, we talked about this the last time, but it got cut off. Um, it's the Hermit uh, Tarot Tarot card. Just messing with you on the tarot. <laughs> because yeah, both you and me go through our Hermit phase. Yeah. And it's my favorite card. It's a good card. Yeah. And um, 
That's on Led Zeppelin Zoso. And that's actually how I first discovered it when I was a teenager. That was I was looking hey, up Zoso. Those, uh, those, those panics of the 1980 that uh, Led Zeppelin were satanic right after all. That's, yeah, right. <laughs> Good old Jimmy Page, Satanist. He mm-hmm. had um, the house from Crawley, I think mm-hmm. it was. Alex Crawley, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he. Oh, I thought that was the guitarist that had it. Yeah, Jimmy Page. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought... I don't know why Not I thought... Not the curly haired, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> they right. wrote in it, though. Yeah, all four yeah, of them Yeah, you're right. Gathered yeah, he there. did. He did have... Al- he had the one at the lake. Yes, um, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, the one at the lake where he uh, did some of his first demo- demonic work uh, with the sex magic beliefs. Some that was huge. That was an, that's an interesting house. Um, and then we talked about this, too. I went to the Satanic Temple in Salem, Massachusetts, and Nathaniel didn't know there was one there, so... I'm always educating them. What are you talking about? According to these people, I've always known. Yeah, that's true. I called you out. Sorry. Um, And they talked about satanic panic. Oh yeah, of the eighties and nineties. That's why D and D is potentially satanic. Yeah, everything is satanic at this point. Jeez. Um, So I don't even. Oh, my self-discovery notebook and my. uh, You say that you feel broken, and the counter thought—that's the healthier thought—is I have these unique challenges that I will learn to work through. I mean, I think that's the big emphasis is that I will learn to work through them. And that's a big, you know, that's just being present in the moment and realizing that we don't know everything because if we would know everything, we would have the answers to these questions and we'd be able to. Is that um, part of the human condition? It is. Okay. It is part of the human condition. Um, I would firmly agree. And, you know, it's going back to that argument. We've never lived in a trauma-free society. Yeah. And we're only with a lot of these long-term issues that our uh, generational and societal features are now just starting to deal with. We have to create these answers. And, you know, a lot of that is reflection of the social culture. You know, here living in America, um, the treatment options are going to be very different from the cultural treatment options in, you know, Vietnam or Southeast Asia yeah. because there's different cultural and important emphases. And that really goes to... Um, explain the differences between humans. Yeah. Um, because what's going to work for me is not going to work for you. The same medications that work for your bipolar 2 might not work for my bipolar 2 if I was diagnosed with bipolar 2. I'm just yeah. using me as an example here. Um, even though that isn't my um, diagnosis. Um, because we're different. We are. We're still, you know, fundamentally we have different perceptions. Um, and my treatment is not yours and that's why it's not fair or healthy to compare treatments absolutely i definitely agree with that um the only thing i'm not even comparing is i just want to give people hope for treatment and recovery that is kind of the main it's possible yes yes thank you um that's a main reason that i wanted to speak out about my story and on a side note um this isn't to be egotistical, but I've had people reach out to me and tell me that it's inspirational and, you know, I'm kicking ass and, you know, they're proud of me for being brave and talking about my story. And a girl from high school that I have on social... Thanks, slow clap. <laughs> um, a girl from high school, if she's listening to this, you know who you are after I talk about this. Um, who I didn't really talk too much, but I have on social media and I like her energy and I remember her energy from, you know, grade school, middle school and high school. Um, and she said, you know, you're kicking ass, you're inspirational. I'm dealing with some stuff as well. And, you know, I just want you to say that you're inspirational. And I appreciated that more than she knows. A lot of people that reach out to me, you guys, I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. I can't even like describe the appreciation. One of my cousins, um, 
she reached out to me and you know what this is a good point and um i love you and i miss you i haven't seen you in like two years um but she was telling me about how she had declined and went and got help and part of that um she was i don't know if i want to say the proper word is in denial but she's like i i had a decent life so i thought i couldn't feel this way and that's not true that's just it doesn't matter what your background is or what your family life looks like you can still have these problems and you are worth getting help for them you know and treating them and all of that so you know her telling me that i was i never knew you know and her exterior is kind of like mine you just kind of push through it and i was happy she shared that with me so if you are listening actually she did listen she told she was one of the first people to tell me she listened to it actually so thank you so much for your support please like and subscribe yes <laughs> definitely guys um i'm hoping to make nathaniel a little more popular <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate the effort but you know you're you're touching on a really good point that you know you don't know other people you don't know their stories even the people you could be closest to yeah um and that you know i can go off into for hours talking about the problems of translation and you know why that is um why even if we speak the same language we'll never truly know someone um i believe in that deeply. yeah yeah i know so but you know that just really goes to illustrate that you know um these mental health issues these social issues it really doesn't, it affects everyone, you know, it really, it really does. It doesn't matter what your walk of life is, what your race is, what your sex is, your ethnicity. Now, there is certain um, populations that do have more likely to have X, Y, and Z because of different social factors. Yes, absolutely. Like the uh, LGBTQIA community is a lot more likely to have self-medication and addiction issues. Um, uh, people who are uh, transsexual are most likely to have PTSD issues because there's a lot more you know our, our society doesn't support these things and there these are minority groups that are oftenly taken advantage of um, in a uh, larger community and so but this is to illustrate the point that you know one of the biggest increases of addiction rates in um, a population were suburban moms during that opioid epidemic at its yeah. height because you know you break your leg and you get on opioids and I've pill, known people pill yeah that have hurt their back and they're addicted to painkillers years later just from yeah. you know it's trying to months. help their back it's uh, I know quite a few people who are like that actually and I know I have a really good friend who struggles with that and you know I love her very dearly um, it's, it's 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 not fun to watch but the thing that is commonplace in any of these recovery narratives and these recovery cultures is learning who you are yeah and rediscovering who you are and figuring out what it is you like now what have you found that you like about you first of all um x i've always liked that i'm sensitive and with the sensitivity comes passion um, and my one best friend has told me that that's one of her favorite things about me is how passionate I am about, um, you know, things in general, just everything. So that's something, um, I reconnected with my creativity in different ways. And that was something that I lost in my depression. Um, and sometimes I go in and out of being creative and I started to write like, I don't know, do I call them poems? Do I call them modern day poetry? Does it even matter? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, I guess. Um, I started to do that, which I've never done before, and it kind of flows out of me. 
Um, I really appreciate my spirituality and my connection to nature. And that's a real big thing I want to highlight before we dive into that a little bit more. Uh, of any real recovery program is connecting to a higher power. And I don't want to say a Judeo-Christian God. Yeah. I want to say it could be a baby seal. It could be a Judeo-Christian <laughs> God. It could be Buddha, Allah, um, Taoism. Um, it could be a group of alcoholics. It could be it, it could be atheism. It could be the universe. It could be chaos theory. It doesn't Scientology. matter. Could be Scientology. I <laughs> want to be careful them? with <laughs> no, Scientology because I would prefer not to get sued. Um, <laughs> but basically, <laughs> just wanted to make sure they were included. <laughs> it's America, baby. Um, freedom of religion. I believe in it. Um, but the thing I wanted to highlight here is, it really is whatever because it gets you out of yourself it, it gets does. you connecting with other things yeah. it's that selfless which is really important in when someone is trapped inside their self yes actually and i never realized it like that now that you say it it's definitely that is a huge huge part of it um so i appreciate that part of myself i really do um do you want to take a moment to describe what you've understood as your? Give me. Let's hear for the past, you know, seven months now. Um, what what's been your spiritual journey? What's been that discovery for you? What, what where's that connection going? Um, Mother Nature as a whole, um, and with that is a connection of the universe and energies, some real hippie witch stuff, as I like to call it. Um, with it, it is appreciating the earth and. The, it's so hard to describe um, you know when I feel water I just feel so good and like in place and I started for the first time in my life in the last seven eight months I started to practice more grounding things digging my feet yeah that's something I got from you thank you um, digging my feet into the grass right now it's so hot but I would take my dog to the park let her run around and you know I started doing that a lot more um, so Evie, you're welcome. Mm. I love you, baby. Um, so with that, you know, I do a few like yoga poses to just breathe. And I would always try to do it around the sunset because sunsets and sunrises really inspire me. Um, and that's because uh, here's the main point of uh, nature being the base of my spirituality is the cycles of it. Um, with the sun, you know, we talk about if time is linear or not. And to me, there is a point of time that is constant, and that's sunrise, sunset, the phases of the moon, the way the earth spins. To me, that is time, and that is, you know, consistent. Um, and uh, we talked about previously, I called, yeah, I first said the Holy Trinity, but I'm dismissing that. <laughs> We're throwing it out. And I believe in the, uh, I don't know if I want to say believe, but my symbolism for life is the maiden, the mother, the crone and you know the maiden is blooming young youthful the mother is you know fruitful and full bloom basically and then you get to the crone and it's you know the old wise woman and death i mean death is inevitable but with the seasons for me personally my decline was during crone season which is like fall and winter and Yuletide is, you know, the hope of light coming, you know, since it's the shortest day of the year, the days are only going to get longer, which is kind of like a bright hope, you know, 
Which I will say real quick that the winter solstice is my favorite holiday. Is it? Oh, That's I love cool. it. Yeah, I just it's long as it's dark. I live I, in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, my favorite points, which I feel like I can't like one without the other, are the equinoxes, the fall equinox and the spring equinox. Equilibrium. Yes, yes, exactly. Balance. Um, by the way, I typed it out on social media. On the first one, we said summer equinox we were wrong in summer solstice and i agreed with you and i'm very disappointed in myself for agreeing and not correcting you in the moment just deal so with you know. it yeah this I, podcast ain't perfect baby i know that's just oh, that that's something that hurts me on the inside but that's a, it's okay yeah, we're, yeah. we're allowed to make mistakes <laughs> I know. and uh, just to pull a few threads from yeah. what you just described i heard some really inspiring things of why your recovery has been as successful as it has been with at least in your spiritual development yeah one you have veneration you have something that you have dear respect for. And I say um, veneration and not 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 worship very, very specifically. Yeah. Um, but you have a deep, profound respect for. Yes. So even right then and there, you started to get the beginnings of a healthy boundary and this relationship that you have towards something. On top of that, you have um, a worldview. Yeah. How time is, for instance. You have something that you're able to... Not compartmentalize, not that's not the word I want the wording I want to use, but a recognition of pattern. Yes. That you perceive that fits into what your world narrative is. So at least in some way, shape, or form, you can make sense of all the chaos. Yes. So you, you're having structure, you're having continuity. Yeah. Um, which is really important in any recovery journey. Um, but at the same time, you're having that base, basic mindfulness of having that sunset, um, for instance, of the present that yes. you have only right now. Yes. So you have the macro with the micro, which is really important to keep things in perspective as you are developing and everything like that. And then on, on, on top of that, you have something you enjoy. Yes. You have pleasure, um, which is, because uh, I'm a big believer, um, this is the inner Buddhist in me, um, <laughs> That the one of the biggest issues in life is suffering, and that we don't need to suffer, um, but we cause a lot of self-suffering and of others really and do. ourselves, um, and that life is intrinsically suffering in a lot of ways. Um, but we don't need to suffer, and this joy and appreciation that you've gone through your under—not under discovery, but your discovery no, yeah. of your spirituality <laughs> and everything like that—is that joy and passion that you thrive in. Yes. Um, you don't need to suffer. You can find joy and beauty in life. Um, and with the assistance of whether medication and then that all the healthy things in this development, this own um, trinity, if you will, that you've developed um, is what's making sustainable recovery. It is. It is what's making you rediscover yourself. And I do want to touch on just because I feel like uh, we're talking about the pleasure I get from being in nature ever since I was a kid. Uh, my yeah. mom would take me on picnics and hikes and oh, camp and... I just always loved it. She always called me her little nature girl and still does. And um, when I'd be bored and I was like second, third grade, she'd give me a nature scavenger hunt to check off stuff that I'd find, like butterflies or, um, you know, if I see a cardinal or something like that. Because once again, I'm from uh, Illinois and Chicago. So I got to see interesting things. And that's a big reason why I wanted, I was very careful in wording, not a discovery, but a rediscovery. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to say that your appreciation for a cardinal or for water touching you is the same as it was in a child. Yeah. I think that you're fundamentally a different person than you were then, but that doesn't mean you can't like the same things. Exactly. You know, there's certain, certain uh, soul characteristics, if you will, yeah. 
um, that just touch you, your innate being. They yeah. are like, I feel connected to this flow of this river or this pond. It soothes me. There's a reason why I fall asleep listening to nature sounds every night. I do do know? that occasionally, especially rain. So that was another thing. When I was younger, I wouldn't be able to sleep and I'd call my mom um, and she would put on nature cassettes. Uh, rain or uh, whale sounds mm -hmm. so it was definitely something growing up and it's something that I I do appreciate you know well in childhood nostalgia really is adult fulfillment it is it really is so you know when I talk about the bad there wasn't always bad even with my dad I have some good memories he raced cars and I loved being on the racetrack around mm -hmm. all of that um, and you know he he actually was just in Chicago I'm gonna be picking him up in a few hours and he raced for the first time maybe a year. He uh, kind of retired a few years ago. But every time he goes back to Chicago, he tries to race one time. And he took second place. So I'm like, yeah, you still got it, old man. And uh, he won two championships yeah. there. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. And it's a dirt track, just for anyone who knows. And uh, not the fancy, fancy ones, the spectators, which are kind of just take a car off the street and run it. And you can do some modifications. But that's a side note. Um, so, you know, while I talk about the bad, in case my family's listening or my parents wind up listening to this, um, you know, there was good. I'm not saying it was all bad. And it's important to recognize that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Okay, so and I'm just going to take this into a completely oh, left yeah. field moment here. No, that's fine. That's, that's what we're here for. Um, for, like, you're talking about because you do come from a relationship that did have a lot of toxicity and abuse in it. Very, very rarely do relationships start that way. And the the issue with people who um, are abused in a relationship and a lot of times why they stay is because of that hope that things will go back to when they were good. Yes. And it's the self-fulfilling prophecy where, you know, for the most part, things are actually really good a lot of the time. It's not until those one or two moments that something just snaps in the wrong direction and creates this very toxic and potentially very abusive relationships. And that's why you hear all the times of um, individuals who stayed with an abusive partner. Why'd you stay? Well, it's because I saw the potential. Yeah, and, and you remember the good times and you think that they're going to come back. And it's an important thing to recognize is, you know, um, when we deal with chronically toxic individuals, um, they're, they're charming. They are. They're outstanding members of society. You know, uh, that's... Narcissistic uh, and charismatic. <laughs> that's how I think of it. <laughs> a lot of times that is true. Yeah. And it's important it's to recognize it. that. Um, and that's why why you can, after someone who's been in a traumatic relationship, can have the most amazing partner in the world who does everything to the night, uh, to the night moon and back in the correct way and still have no trust for them because they had someone who sold them the world and it was a uh, false prophecy. Um... So talking about my previous relationship, you know, that is something that happened and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about it being toxic and just when it started to kind of fall apart, like I said, it was early 2017 and there were just so many problems that start of the problems. And then that summer we took several nature trips and it was so enjoyable. And I remember at one point during one of the trips, I was like, oh my God, I feel like in love with him again. I feel like we're doing so good, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, that winter, it went back down. And then ever since then, it was just kind of a straight decline. So it was one of those things where I had hope again well, for yeah, it. Well, and just going off of that narrative and talking about what you did for in your spiritual development and your recovery, that fits right in with your cyclical worldview. You know, yeah. this is very um, how you perceive the world is how that relationship followed its trajectory. Yeah. You know, where I didn't think about it like that, you yeah. had this beautiful resurgence, this renaissance 
Um, and I, I do believe you felt that you were in love. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. You, you know, you very rarely do not love um, the people you're most toxic to. Um, that is true. You know, that's, that's, it's, it's, Nathaniel's uh, got good points. <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't make sense rationally, mm-hmm. but it makes sense emotionally. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's because, I don't know how I want to word this. That's so you can help okay. me. Yeah. yeah how, how, I don't know how to word anything. Uh, yeah. And you still spit out some good stuff though. Um, and I Channeling. think it's because they, they're so close to you and living with them. It's more of the real you comes out and then the more real them comes out and then that's when you finally notice parts. it parts yeah parts because like we just said you don't fully know someone and that's when you realize what's clashing and whatnot that's yeah. part of it in my view well and it's because think of it like this the most creative forces in this universe are stars destroying themselves that is what all of planets and everything is built off of yeah. is the death of a star one of the most um, what we understand as one of the most destructive forces in the universe. Now, in a lot of ways, that relationship, when you're having these loving, very passionate, but very toxic relationship, is an incredibly, incredibly destructive thing. It just is. You're literally destroying yourself. Yeah. You're destroying your ego. You're destroying any 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 psychological tools or. Um, uh, explanations you know with, you want to use yeah with that um for years i felt like i had a handle on myself and my emotions and i took care of myself emotionally so being in this relationship having someone for the first time in my life actually really and i kind of want to use the word coddle um really take care of me emotionally and you know when i'm having a panic attack or a breakdown that is not caused by anything but my mind I'm getting back rubs and teammate for me and I've just never been cared about in that way I remember one time he was making tacos and I was laying on the floor crying and he's like why are you crying I was like I have no idea and he's like it's okay you're gonna get tacos soon and you know he Mm -hmm. put my plate together and everything so now with through my recovery and I know it's something that I've told you before is that I am closed in certain ways currently uh, because I don't want to lean on anyone for emotional, I don't want to say emotional support, but I don't want to lean too much into someone. Dependency. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm trying to relearn how to take care of myself emotionally and regulate it instead of just falling into someone like, hey, take care of me. And with that, I am going to lightly touch on, I have a new romantic interest. And part of me learning through this is, uh, to not text and be like, oh my God, I'm having such a bad day. Make me feel better, you know? And I had a bad week two weeks ago and then I saw him at the end of the week and I was like, can I just have a hug? I had kind of a bad week and he just gave me this big hug and that's what I needed. You know, it wasn't to every day like put it on him what was going on. And that's the learning of healthy boundaries. Exactly. And part of that recovery journey is that first of all, that recognition, I am emotionally closed off in these areas right yeah. now. And that's okay. Um, and there's something I talked about this on what, on what we lost. That's all I'm going to say it is, um, you know, I, I went through a period like, oh my God, what boundaries do I keep? What do I open? And I sorted through them all under this beautiful giant tree right in front of my therapist's office. And I call it my spirit tree now. And I sat down there's benches around it and I wrote out that these are my boundaries. And then I wrote another page of, uh, kind of what am I allowed to open and when I say allowed I'm talking about myself I'm not talking about someone else telling me I can do it or not and one of them was I am allowed to open boundaries as I see fit and when I feel the time is right 
So I just have That's to remind just myself. the nature of, of life. Yeah, it is. You know, there is no such thing as a concrete boundary yeah. except in construction. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and for the first time in my life, I'm learning boundaries. And, you know, and just going off, and that is the creation of those suns dying. It's not going to be the same sun. No, that's true. It's not going true. to be the same star. It is going to be something new. Um, kind of side note, uh, with my braces coming off, when I first got my braces, I was like, oh, I'm going to go lose weight. I'm going to look like a hot little thing. And I've gained weight since then, I'm not going to lie. But having my braces off, and then being where I'm at mentally right now, that I think is way better than me losing weight to quote look good. You know, I it's my smile is gonna be more brighter and that's actually really bad English. It's gonna be brighter and more genuine. It's growth. Yeah. Regardless of what way you look at it, it is growth. Yeah. Um and on top of that growth. Um, you did learn a lot in your most recent relationship and those moments that you had those traumatic events Yeah, um, where there was abuse one way or another um, at, at the same time You're with that learning how you're closed off We're learning how to reopen those things. Yeah, and then on top of that not only learning how to reopen those things But when it's right to regulate it Yes. And that's how you can learn how to be independent while still having positive social relationships where you can depend on someone. Um, and with that, I do want to say I've had uh, learning that boundary. I have also been unable to ask for help. And that's, I don't know if I want to say, and you can help me maybe. I don't want to say that's the unhealthy part. Uh, it's part of the learning process. It ain't process, fucking definitely. healthy, I'll tell you that much yeah, right now. Yeah, I know, now. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and I'm giggling a lot less in this one because I'm less nervous. I was very nervous. I was really giggly the first one. Um, just so everyone knows. Uh, my okay cupid profile which is active but i don't check it really ever is uh on the first date i'll probably laugh a lot not because you're actually funny but because i'm nervous i'm you know really charismatic har 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 yeah just imagine if you're laughing like that it's just on the you know on a first date with somebody who's like ha 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 <laughs> ha 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 i'm nervous ha <laughs> ha <laughs> shenanigans <laughs> uh Oh my god! I've oh yes, yeah, so I can't. I've I've learned more to ask for help, and I've ran into a bunch of snags. Well, it's, it's a hard process because you're learning it. Yeah, definitely. You never asked for help before. I I kind of then that's no, I, how do I want to say it? Okay, please do. Yeah, um, tell me when I'm wrong. I <laughs> um from him I would ask, you know, from my previous oh, yeah, relationship. Yeah. And my friends before, you know, I would ask for things, but I, especially during this time is when I, I have had a harder time asking for help. Well, and I guess a, a, a way I want to phrase it is then how um, asking for help in a healthy way. There, yeah, that's um, right. Not asking for help in the, I need this gratification because I need to depend on you for my happiness. Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I will agree with that. You're welcome. You're right. I wouldn't say that. No, I was You're wrong. Half I, right. was, I, was, I was wrong. I said that you didn't ask for help, and you you, you just flat out said you did, and I was wrong. But uh, I guess what I was what I was trying to say was I meant in that that help because you were way, yeah. you were depending upon your happiness and your needs upon other people. Yes. Um, Which is just a recipe for disaster. Let me tell you, that cake is going to be shitty. You guys have no idea. <laughs> that is a shitty cake right there. And you know. Um, 
sounds boundaries and that's definitely part of my healing um you know so i'm gonna kind of mix the two with asking for help and uh something i want to touch on with my spirituality is divine timing and like i said i don't believe everything happens for a reason um but there's some things that when it when it connects clicks there's some things that i'm like the universe just handed it to me take it learn from it whatever the reason is and whenever that happens is actually when i i will know what the point of it is um so part of that is i met my coven um i do consider myself a witch which we'll talk about actually um, well, I'm we we'll, we'll get into that in the next episode we're going to yeah. start rounding okay. down here it's about 51 minutes in right now oh geez so yeah i know yeah. these conversations go by quick so we'll just we'll make this the final point we'll yeah. wrap it up and we'll bring it out for next week and leave people on suspense yeah make them come back for more oh yes um so uh, I met my coven. I met these two beautiful souls that connect with me on the spiritual level. And one of them I'm a little bit closer with. And both of you guys, I love you so much. And you helped me so, so much in January, February, and March. I mean, you still do. And we all, you know, kind of talk to each other, use each other for a support system and talk about good things too. Um, but the one, she really helped me. And I didn't ask for her help, but she must have seen that I needed help. And we were so just attracted to each other friend-wise, you know, friendship-wise. And one of my favorite examples for her is, or of our friendship and her is, I kept procrastinating going grocery shopping because of my anxiety. And she's like, you need to go grocery shopping. I'm going with you. And I'm in the produce section and I was going to get green beans. And I like freaked out because there's so many people right there in that section. And I like turned and looked at her and she like waved me back. She's like, come here. And she's like, what do you need? I said, I need green beans about a pound. And she went over there and she put them in a bag for me. And just seeing me freak out, she was totally, you know, just she saw it and I didn't know how to verbalize it. And she really helped me out. Um, and through this, I've been doing better. And I'm not saying she's not helping me. But, you know, I haven't needed her as much. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I don't need you anymore. But she just, she knew I needed her help. And now you know it's not as common basically and just last week she reached out to me because she needed some help it's our relationship work. exactly and i was like boo boo you've got me i got you my little burrito that's what you call yourself like a sad burrito and like i'm a sad sushi roll sometimes so i went we just hung out we hung out actually a few times she's actually the one who i went and spent fourth of july with and her family mm -hmm. so you know it's just um you, it's a give and a take and it's a beautiful friendship that I'm so incredibly glad I've had come into my life and I met both of these witches on Bumble BFF it works. Uh, yeah I've met so many good people offline um and how many minutes what are, what are we at because I've got two more points of divine timing Let's make that the beginning of next week's episode. So continue narrative right now. So we want to emphasize that real quick, there's a million ways to make social connections. There in, is. In different ways. But we'll begin next week with divine timing. Um, as always, this was your faithful host, Nathaniel. Joined as with the illustrious, wonderful, magnificent, oh, glorious. Thank you so, so much. So, so. <laughs> I'm going to throw something at you. i got to find fair, something that won't hurt you. Uh, was your name again? Crystal. <laughs> and um, as always, her offer is, if you know who she is, reach out to her on social media if you need any help. If you need any help, you can always reach out to me. I am um, into the descent at on Twitter, and I am the descent into 
um, at gmail.com for email. That is correct. I know that one is correct this time. I told him to put a post-it note I on his laptop. I don't have a post-it note. Okay, so well, I'm bringing you post-it notes next time. I will appreciate time. the gift. Thank you very much. Um, Blue, as pink, o- or yellow? Um, all, all three. <laughs> okay. Um, as always, you are loved, you are not alone, and you are worth it. Thank you for listening to the Descent into Illumination podcast. Feel free to email me at thedescentinto at gmail.com. Please follow me on Twitter at intothedescent. Thank you very much again for listening. Please remember that you are loved, you are not alone, and that you are worth it.